welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, we focus on nuclear energy, the largest source of clean energy in the United States. Yet even with the advancements of this safe and reliable method of reducing carbon emissions, efforts continue to reduce nuclear energy's role in the United States by pushing renewable energy. So where does this leave energy production in America and what do the new energy policies and commitments from the Biden administration mean for the future of nuclear energy? Well, good thing we have Charlotte Whelan, the author of this month's Policy Focus, joining us to answer those questions. Charlotte works at IWF as a policy analyst. She graduated from Princeton University with a degree in French and a certificate in global health. At Princeton, she was involved in a variety of activities, including the James Madison program, and was the president of the Princeton chapter of the Network of Enlightened Women. Charlotte is also a member of the Emerging Leaders Council at the Steamboat Institute. Charlotte, a pleasure to have you back on She Thinks. Thanks for having me. I thought we would just start off by getting into some of the facts of nuclear energy. Not all of us are nuclear energy specialists like you are. So can you first just give us the details of how much of the energy in the United States is derived from nuclear power? Our nuclear power makes up about 20% of total U.S. annual electricity generation. Um, it, in Overall, in the world, it's about 30% of worldwide electricity generation, and it really has a ton of potential for expanding and producing more energy. We've had the same amount of electricity coming from nuclear power for the last three decades, and we've had it around since you know, the 50s and especially 60s and 70s. So it's really been around for a while. And you talk about this being clean, clean energy. What makes nuclear energy clean? Because I think a lot of people hear it on the face value and just the term nuclear energy and think uh, that it can't be clean. So how have they been able to make it clean over, over the years? Well, nuclear, just the way that nuclear power is generated, it's not producing carbon emissions overall. So the idea of clean energy is that is to reduce carbon emissions, right? So we nuke, uh, natural gas is cleaner than coal and nuclear power is carbon free, which means that overall the net emissions um, produced is zero. And you said that our use of it has not increased for quite a few decades. Why haven't we seen an increase in production? And does this also include that we haven't built any new power plants, nuclear energy power plants? Yeah, you're you're, you're right on the money. So unfortunately, a lot of climate activists don't like nuclear power, and they've kind of undermined its growth. There's only been one new reactor built since 1996. Um, and there are two more that are slated to be built in the next two years. But in the meantime, in the last, since 2013, we've had 13 closed prematurely um, and eight others are closing in the U.S. So usually when you hear about nuclear power these days, you're hearing about someone pushing to close nuclear plants, which is exactly the opposite of what we need to be doing. And I think sometimes people think of these stories and these horrific examples when there has been some type of malfunction at a nuclear plant, which obviously is dangerous to the people who live there and the environment as a whole. How often do these types of disasters happen? Should we think about those when we think about a nuclear power plant? Or in addition to it being clean energy, are these power plants as a whole generally pretty safe? So they are really safe. Um, you know, you everyone, I think, or most people know about some terrible nuclear um, reactor meltdowns. Um, you've 
everyone heard about the Chernobyl disaster in the 80s. Um, but since then, there's only been one notable nuclear accident, and that was the Fukushima, which was caused by an earthquake. But even, even though this was a huge meltdown of three reactors, there were no casualties from radiation. And following these accidents, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission established additional stringent requirements for nuclear safety. So right now, there are really strict requirements set on all nuclear plants to ensure that they are safe, there aren't accidents. Um, for example, in the, kind of the extreme winter weather in Texas recently, there was a reactor that was actually closed because just to be extra safe because of the extreme weather effects on the reactor, they decided to close it just as an extra precaution. And so what you kind of will see is that there are incredible safety requirements on all nuclear plants and they really are quite safe. You haven't heard of any other react um, any other accidents happening and they've been around for a long time. And I wasn't planning on asking this question, but since you mentioned Chernobyl, so I did watch that popular series Chernobyl. I believe it was on HBO. It's one of those premium channels. Obviously, a horrific story, horrific what, what happened to the people who live there and the people who work there. When that came out, did that change people's perception of nuclear energy in the United States? Uh, uh, something like that, a, a series, does that make a difference to how people perceive it? You know, I don't know if there's like polling numbers out there or something, but I would think that it really does affect how people see nuclear um, energy production because they don't hear about it in the mainstream media or in history except for in these really horrific accidents and negative events. And I think it's it, they're they're really interesting stories and they're really you know, they shouldn't be hidden, of course, me to tell them. But I think it's really important to actually tell the truth about the fact that over this long history of use, there have, there have been so, such few nuclear accidents. And overall, there have been so few casualties. And there are other, like, all energy production comes with some risk. We don't really think about that. And so I think that's really important. And I think we need to be careful with how we talk about it to help encourage people to learn more about nuclear power. Because, like, for example, in, in France, they've had nuclear power as one of their main sources of energy since the 70s. And they've had zero notable accidents whatsoever. You mentioned renewable energy sources, and that's that being the direction that there's been a lot of support for among certain certain progressive groups. And last week, we did celebrate Earth Day. We saw that President Biden, ahead of the U.S.-hosted Climate Leaders Summit, did release his climate targets. He pledged that the United States will cut greenhouse gas emissions by around 50 percent by 2023. Now, this is really ambitious, um, and people are questioning whether or not it's even achievable. But what it does point to is it sounds like there are going to be drastic changes to energy production. What do these targets, these climate targets, mean for nuclear energy? Well, whether or not the Biden administration wants to admit it, we need nuclear energy. The reality is that right now our renewables, at least has mostly just wind, solar, and hydropower, only produce about 16% of U.S. electricity annually. And it's going to be really difficult to ramp these capabilities up 
both expensive. Um, we don't have the battery technology to help overcome the intermittent um, nature of wind and solar. And the only real solution we have right now, like the viable kind of way to ramp up clean energy is through nuclear power. Um, and there are various ways to do that. We have, we've been developing new technology, or I, you know, we, as I say, innovators, American innovators and engineers have been developing. IWF is a leader in developing power. <laughs> exactly. That's where we are. <laughs> I use the royal we to include myself in this. But no, but um, American innovators, though, have been developing new nuclear technology, especially small modular reactors, which will help to ramp up nuclear power because they're, um, they're cheaper to build because they can be built kind of in pieces. There's lower, so there's lower investment. They can be built on smaller bits of land and they can be built faster, which will help to reduce just construction costs. Because often there are just nuclear, new nuclear projects get kind of um, slowed down by expensive construction costs, regulatory regimes, you name it. And so that's going to be really, really important to lead into that. I'm not sure the Biden administration is really planning to do so. Um, I've seen some of their papers recently, even just in the last week, and they mostly just talk about existing nuclear. I think they need to accept that we need to build more nuclear and can't just rely on the existing capabilities from the last three decades. Well, I'm going to play a little bit devil's advocate here. What would you say to individuals who are proponents of trying to expand renewable energies? And and I think it's a good thing to look at renewable energy. It's it's not a bad thing. That could be part of innovation. But those who think that if we focus solely on cost, that that is to the detriment of our environment, that what we need to do is sink a lot of government money into solar power, into wind, wind energy, and these renewables, and that that's the direction that it's government intervention, and that is the way to ramp up the ability of us having renewable energy being a larger percentage of the power. I would say that if you're talking of just trying to ramp up renewable energy, we don't have the capabilities. As much as we want to increase renewable energy. And, you know, I'm all for that, doing that in a economically feasible and realistic way. They're unreliable at the moment. We don't have battery technology um, to kind of bridge the gaps. Right now we use a lot of nuclear, uh, not nuclear, excuse me, natural gas to help do that, which is great. And it's difficult to integrate these renewables into the grid. So we need to completely change our grid which will be really expensive and it will take time. And even so, like technology, renewable technology has come a really long way in the last decade and that's great and we should celebrate that. But if we want to make, we meet these goals that um, President Biden has set for us, especially with the Paris Climate Agreement, it's not feasible to do so with renewable energy. We just, it's not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to ramp it up. And we have a very, good option that has proven itself for decades in nuclear power and we can't afford to not take advantage of such a good option it would be just simply foolhardy and irresponsible to not add that to the mix as well and give us the human aspect of this if Renewable energy was the focus, and that's there were more regulations put on nuclear plants, let's say. What does that mean to not just the middle-class America, but what does that mean for those struggling to make ends meet? What, what does this mean for them in cost of energy, even if they can afford it at all? 
Oh, yeah. So renewable energy, or simply relying on renewable energy, is going to raise energy costs for Americans. It's, you haven't really seen it yet in the U.S., but you can look at Germany, which has long been look, kind of pushing renewable energies, and their costs have increased by 50% for their citizens by pushing renewable energies. Um, kind of contrasting, again, sticking with Europe, France, which I mentioned earlier, has long been reliant on nuclear power, and they have some of the cheapest energy in Europe. They need to export their energy. They have so much. But recently, they've been trying to switch more to renewables, unfortunately, which has led to higher energy costs and actually an increase in natural gas, which has led to higher emissions, which is, I think, really interesting to look at. So for middle-class Americans, anyone looking at their, their energy bills and, like me, always you know, slightly dismayed or hoping it's lower than it will be, it's going to go up. And that's just the reality, but it will go up without actually meaningfully reducing our emissions. Well, before we continue this conversation, I would like to take a moment to highlight IWF's Champion Women Profile Series, which focuses on women across the country and world that are accomplishing amazing things. The media too often ignores their stories, but we don't. We celebrate them and we bring their stories directly to you. Our current profile is Senator Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming. To check out her story, do go to IWF.org to see why she's this week's champion woman. And Charlotte, before I let you go, and I do want to remind people that this policy focus that you did author, it is on the website. So go to IWF.org to see the nuclear power, nuclear energy policy focus. My final question to you, I I found really interesting, and it's based off what you wrote in the policy focus, saying that focusing on nuclear energy and promoting it and utilizing it is important for national security. Why is it so important to our national security? Well, the reality is if we don't, others will. And by others, I mostly mean China and Russia. So if we don't, if the U.S. doesn't ramp up our nuclear power and be able to kind of export it to developing countries, we're going to be reliant on other international actors, most likely China and Russia, for clean energy, as will developing nations. And so that will help to grow um, China and Russia's influence. Um, and it's already kind of happening. Since we haven't taken action, China and Russia together are supplying and financing over half of the world's total reactors. Um, there are 53 reactors under construction in the world. Only two are in the U.S., which I mentioned they're in Georgia. China has 12. India has four excuse me, India has seven and Russia has four. And so if we don't, um, if we don't push and try to commercialize and expand our nuclear power, there is great risk that China and Russia will be the leaders or continue to be the leaders. They're starting to take the leadership already. And this is bad for um, safety standards. They have lower safety standards for human rights and really for we might have nuclear um, technology in the hands of actors that we really want to keep it away from. So I think it's really, really important that we, the U.S. steps up to take this leadership. And we can, but we need to do it. We do. I know there's an uphill battle with an administration that wants to focus more on a Green New Deal type of policies, but that's why it's important to get the message out here. Charlotte Whelan with IWF, thank you so much for this policy focus and also for joining She Thinks Today. We appreciate it. Thanks, Beverly. Had a great time.
And thank you for joining us. Before you go, Independent Women's Forum does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. And investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. Please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate. That is iwf.org backslash donate. And last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. It does help. Also, we'd love it if you shared this episode and let your friends know where they can find more She Thinks episodes. From all of us here at Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.